It's a blessing to be able to stand before you and to present God's Word. And uh, we got a good head start uh, this morning with the verses that have been read and mentioned already. I appreciate that on our subject matter and looking at um, the love of God and what it means to love God and what it means to love Christ. So before we get further into our Bible study and our message, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you are gracious to us and you show us immense love. Every day we thank you for the the life that we have and the breath that you give us. Father, we ask that you bless us all to use our lives to give glory to you, to live faithfully, and to take the love that you give us and give it to others. Father, help us to uh, be committed and devoted in all ways to your word and to be filled with the the love of Christ. Father, we ask that uh, you bless us now in the study of your word, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. In John 21, the last chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus says this to Simon Peter. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? You remember that? Remember that quote there? And if you remember in the account there, Jesus asked three times. And when you think about it, it's very fitting because Peter had denied Christ three times. And here he is confessing every time, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know, you know uh, that I love you. And then what does Jesus say each time? He says something to the effect of feed my lambs, pastor my flock, feed my sheep every time. And he gives uh, instruction there to Peter. And every account that, that Simon there says, I love you. Yeah, and I can't help but put myself in that position and, and you know, try to imagine what it would be like to live with Christ, to be one of those disciples, or to have Jesus ask me, do you love me? And the response should be from our heart is automatically, yes, Lord, I love you. I want to look at a passage this morning. I think that is very important in John chapter 14, and, and Cam's already got us a head start on that. Uh, the, another passage there in John 14 in the words of, of Jesus' teaching. In John 14 through 16, you have Jesus the night of his betrayal giving instructions to the apostles. And then he says a prayer in John 17, and then they go out to the Garden of Gethsemane where he is arrested. And in that evening... Uh, This is where this takes place. And the instructions that he gives to his disciples uh, stand out to me. And I want you to look at this in John chapter 14. Let's look at John 14, verses 21, verses 21 to 24. And this is what Jesus says. And it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now pay very careful attention to what's being said here. And... uh, You know, because we could kind of summarize and say, okay, Jesus just said that. But look at the detail again. I'm going to come back to it in a moment. But look at verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. And as I read that, a number of questions came into my mind every time that I study it. What what am I seeing right here and what is being communicated? All right, let's keep going. Look at verse 22. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you say you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? 
How are you going to show yourself, reveal yourself to us in a way that's separate from the world? And there's some indications here in the text in regards to the Holy Spirit. But let's keep reading. Look at what Christ says again in verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. There's a lot there in that, that little passage in John 14, 21 to 24. Of course, there's, there's more there on John 14 and through uh, chapter 16. If you haven't read those chapters before, you need to. If it's been a while, go read it again. But I want to point out some things that we're reading right here and that stand out to me from that text. I mean, the overall point I think initially we're going to see, and this is kind of how I summarize it in my head, is that if I love God, if I love Christ, I'm going to keep His commandments. But I want you to look at some other things that are said here that we kind of we might easily move over. First of all, he says there, if you love me, you will have my commandments. You will have them. In other words, you will possess them. You'll know them. You'll take them. You'll have my commandments. And now he's speaking generally. Now, if you backed up and you went to, to John 14 and verse 15, he's speaking specifically to the apostles. He says, if you love me, you'll, you'll keep my commands and you'll keep my word. And then right here, he's specifically talking about anyone. He says, if anyone does that, he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me. And then there's another thing that stands out here in, in the text. It says that God will love him. But doesn't God already love everybody? In John 3.16, same book, same gospel, for God so loved the world. Yeah, he does love all. What is he saying right here? He even more so cares for them and loves for them for those who love his son. And the, the truth is, if you love Christ, you will have his words and you're going to keep them. You're going to obey them. We continue to see here that he also says he's going to reveal himself, his identity, his words, the one of whom he loves. And those who love Christ, again, will keep his word. Notice that it says commandments, and it says word, and then it says those who do, who do not love me will not keep my word. So it's pretty clear there. If you don't love Christ, you're not going to be obedient to the scriptures. Why did this need to be spoken? And why is this instruction here? Why to the closest of Jesus' disciples and his apostles does he need to communicate this, this message on what it means to love him? There's nobody else that can say, if you love me, um, you will keep my commandments unless that person is God come in the flesh. And so we have these instructions from Jesus. And here we, we also have a promise with it. He says, those who love me will keep my words and God will abide with those who love his son. That's what we see here with him. And we also see, so God's going to be with them. He's going to be with them and bless them at all times, abiding with them. And those who do not love Christ, again, do not keep the words of Christ. Those are strong, convicting words to me that stood out um, in my mind and my heart from as far back as I can remember. I remember hearing those scriptures a long time ago and it says, do you love Christ? Yeah. Keep my commandments. Keep my words. And so if we are to say this morning and Christ were to say to you, do you love me? Just like he said to Simon Peter, and you say yes. Do you keep his commandments? Do you have them? Do you possess them? Do you know them? 
We know this, that children who love and trust their parents, they're going to obey them. That's about the only fitting illustration of the way that I can present this to you uh, this morning, is that if I love Christ, and I love my Father in heaven, and I trust and I believe in Jesus, and I trust His words, then I'm going to be faithful in every way. I'm going to keep them. I'm going to observe them. I'm going to study them. I want to know them. I want to bring your attention to another passage that stands out to me, the parallel to this. Again, same author, 1 John chapter 5. Look at 1 John chapter 5. You know, often we think about 1 Corinthians 13 as the chapter of love. 1 John, the whole of 1 John, this epistle, is the book about love. All demonstrating to love of God and what it means uh, to love Him. But look here in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. John says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves Him who begot who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. Now, that's the King James Version. In other words, what's he saying there? He's saying he who loves um, uh, the Son who has been begotten of God, who's been sent by God, who is God's Son, will also love all of God's children, which is emphatic here in verse 2. Listen to what John says. By this we know that we love the children of God. Who are the children of God? The faithful, those adopted, the church, Christians, those who love Christ and are obedient to Him. If we love other Christians and we love our brothers and sisters in Christ, what are we going to do? He says here, he says this, by by this we know the love of the, that we love the children of God when we love God and do what? And keep His commandments. We observe them. You cannot say you love God and mean it and truly mean it without keeping His commandments, having them. And look at verse 3. And and to add to that, before I move on from verse 3, I want to be emphatic that we show our love for other Christians when we keep to God's commandments. When we keep to His Word, because we're telling others, I trust God. The love that I have for others, it comes from God. The standard that I have, it comes from Him. It's not my way, it's God's way. And I'm going to keep His words and His commandments because I love God. And I love those those who I love around me and I care for in the faith. I'm going to continue to do that because it's what's best for them. Look at verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments and to keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. A lot of people, they hear the commandments of God, and they read these words of God, and they think automatically, you know, many of them, oh, that's a burden, or I can't live up to them. No, you, you won't be perfect. And no, you can't perfectly keep all of God's commandments and His instructions. We have the grace of God, but if you're faithful to Him, diligently seek Him, and you truly love Him, you're going to observe His commandments. You're going to keep His commandments. It reminds me of the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, when Jesus instructs His disciples to go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. And then after they're baptized, He says, instructing them, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And it, that right there tells me that we can come to the point in our maturity that we can observe all of God's commandments and then turn around and do the same thing and teach others and make disciples. As I think about these passages, the words of Jesus about what it means to love Him in John 14, and here in 1 John chapter 5, I think about the greatest commands. And I I think the world we live in has taken the greatest commands and they got them all twisted around. They think, well, I'm going to love my neighbor and I'm going to tell them they're okay and I'm okay without first loving God. 
And without first understanding who God is, without first knowing the commandments of God, and knowing that it means to love others, it means that I'm going to uphold the truth and not compromise it. So, over in Mark chapter 12, we can read about the greatest commands. You see there in Jesus' teachings in Mark 12, verses 29 to 31. And here Jesus, he says, he says, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he says here, there is no other commandment greater than these. But notice where he starts. Jesus teaches us that the greatest commandment is first, to love God. Second, to love my neighbor. If I begin with loving my neighbor without loving God, things are going to be skewed. There are a lot of people today that say they love someone and yet they abuse them or they'll take advantage of them. And they'll call it love. Why? Because they're the ones defining love. It's not out of obedience to God now. They're making up love. They've made themselves the authority. And they're not keeping God's instructions. Another thing that stands out to me about the greatest commandments is that our love toward God is about every part of us. It's with all of my mind, all of my thinking, all of my strength. It's all of my soul. It's every part of me. That has got to be in love toward God before I can actually truly and rightly love my neighbor. You think about who your neighbor is. And Jesus has asked that before. Who is my neighbor? And he gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. Neighbor are the people people you're the closest to. Your family, your spouse, those whom you spend time with that you need to love, your co-workers, your friends, your church family. They're all around you. And the way that we love, it comes from our Creator and our God. And it begins by keeping His words, His commandments. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, we read this. 1 John 2 and verse 15. John says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in Him. Or whoever, whoever loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus tells us that our flesh is weak. And there are many people who love the world and the things of the world more than God. And people often tell themselves, you hear this sometimes, well, God loves me. And, in, and they'll put that in the frame of, yes, I, I'm living in this sin and rebellion against God, but God loves me. And you're absolutely right. God loves you. But He calls you to repentance. And He calls you to love Him and to love His Son. And if you're truly meaning those words, you're going to be obedient to Him. But we still hear the world saying, well, God loves me and I'm okay and you're okay and everything is just fine. That's not what the Scriptures teach. The love of God calls us to repentance, calls us to change our life. There are a number of of the commands of Christ that people do not follow today and don't want to keep. Why is it? Why is it there are some of these commandments and instructions from Jesus that when people open their Bible and they read them, I'm just going to look over that. I'm going to ignore that. What's going on there? 
You know, there might be a few out there who's just early in their Christian life, and they don't know all the commandments yet. They're still being taught. They're still being made a disciple. But there are many who are without excuse. They don't have the commandments of God because they don't want them. And they don't hear all the words of Christ because they don't care about that. And in that, they truly don't care or love Christ. That's what Jesus said. Jesus says, if you don't keep my commandments, you don't love me. Remember that? That's exactly what he said in John 14 and, and 24. So I want you to think about some of the commands that people are abandoning today. Jesus says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And how many people do that? They love their family more than they love God. They put priority there. The best thing for your family is for you to love God. One of my favorite um, points of marriage advice that I've ever gotten, and it stands true, is that when you grow in your love toward God and Christ... And so is your spouse. You will continue to grow closer together. But when you have a different agenda and different goals in your life, and you're going this path, and maybe you, you cross paths, sometimes you're close and sometimes you're far away, and the love of God is not, going, is not there, at one point you're going to diverge. You're going to go in different directions. What's going to happen to that marriage? So I love that instruction there. And it's true that if I love Christ and I love God with all my heart and soul and mind and strength, that is the best thing for my family, for my children, for my spouse to set that example. That's the best advice you can possibly get as far as um, having a loving marriage. I encourage you to love God, love Christ. Listen to what Jesus is telling us here in these scriptures. And then the rest of the passage goes, as Jesus says in Matthew 10 and verse 31, If anyone loves son or daughter more than me, he is not worthy of me. And what would that mean? That would mean that we compromise the truth for a child or for family. That we don't uphold it. There are other commands in the Bible that people don't like. One of them that uh, I know that I personally struggle with is love your enemies. That's hard. Love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Do good to them who do do evil to you. That's a difficult command. That's right there in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and verse 44. But Christ says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Love your enemies. In Matthew 16 and verse 24, Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And there are so many today that are not willing to take up the cross. They're not willing to deny themselves. It's all about them. When it's all about you, you cannot love God the way that you should. You cannot love him with all your being if if you're always focused on yourself and not taking up the cross. And I think as far as the culture and the world that we live in today, another passage stands out is in Mark chapter 7, 21 to 23. And here Jesus talks about those things that defile us. And he gives a whole list of sins right here. And he says, for from within, from in, out of, out of the, the heart of men, proceed. What comes from the heart of men? Evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Thefts, covetings, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within. And they come out of the heart of men. And these are the things that defile a man. 
Those are the words of Jesus. But the culture today will say, well, there's an acceptable time when murder is okay in the womb. Or there's an acceptable time that adultery is justifiable. I'm going to share another passage about that in a moment. Or when fornication is okay. You can go down the list. When theft is okay and coveting. And if you're honest with yourself, there are times in your life when you sin and you find out that you are rationalizing. You are excusing yourself. You are making a way for, for yourself to do these things. And it wasn't out of love for God. It was the exact opposite. And Christ says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus says in Matthew 19 and verse 9, as far as adulteries, he says, I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. And these again are the commandments of God that many have pushed aside and ignore. And lastly, to add on from last week, Many will not give up tradition. In different churches and different ideas, and they'll come and they have certain traditions, or whether they're going to follow culture, or whether they have certain laws that they've come up with. And yet in Matthew 15 and verse 6, as we looked at last week, Jesus warns about that. He says, he says Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by tradition. You've put other things over God's commandments. You've ignored them and you've pushed them aside for religious tradition. And I can continue down the list this morning of those. And you might be able to add to that list and say, you know what? This is a command that many people ignore, that they don't want to follow, that Jesus told us to to keep and to observe. I want to encourage you this morning. Keeping God's commandments is not legalism. It's not legalism to obey God's commandments. Legalism is to say, I kept God's law and therefore I'm justified myself, make myself righteous to tell God he owes me salvation. Whereas God has saved us by grace through faith is not of law and is not of tradition. And and the the person who follows tradition is a traditionalist. In conclusion this morning, what we hear from Christ about those who love Him and keeping His commandments. I love this passage here, and it's 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ compels us. And I get that part right every time, because that's a part of how we should be thinking and how we should be behaving. God's love moves us and motivates us. It propels us forward. The love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. When I live for Christ, I keep his commandments, I follow him, I look to his example. I'm dead to myself because I know the promise of Jesus Christ, that he promises that I will resurrect on the last day if I remain faithful to him. I encourage you this morning to love God all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and to keep the commandments of God. We have them, and the Bible says you can. You can observe them. God would not give us a commandment that we we cannot keep in in the sense of observing. In in Matthew 28, again, when he says, observe all that I have commanded you. So there is a point in maturity that I can keep the commandments of God, all of them. One of Jesus' commands that the religious leaders hated and rejected were the words of Jesus 
They hated the subject of baptism and mere many people today, the same thing. But Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe shall be condemned. I encourage you this morning, love God with all your heart. Let's be faithful. Let's keep his commandments. And this morning you need to obey the gospel of Christ. Jesus, the gospel is that he died and he was buried and he rose again. And we do that when we become Christians. We die to ourselves, we're buried in baptism, and we rise to walk in the newness of life. You need to obey the gospel this morning. You need prayers and encouragement. We encourage you to come right now. Let's stand and sing together.